Yeah, it's so good. It's so bad that it's good. That is the wrong answer, actually. <laughs> it's just a wild romp. I am feeling this. Yeah, yeah, yeah! All of them! What are you talking yourself into? I'm trying to talk myself into that. This is what this podcast is for. We're also trying to talk you into it. Thank you for listening to Talk Me Into, the podcast where a group of friends tries to talk each other and maybe you into liking what we like. I hope that the way you sang that is indicative of the topic that you're talking us into. It's not. Which is? Marriage Story. My name's Dan, and I have a clock in the shape of Connecticut that hasn't worked in years. My name is Jimmy, and I want a $25 gift card at work for goofing off with my friends. My name is Jeff, and I have an irrational fear of being impaled on metal fences. Ooh. <laughs> These are all weird ones. Jimmy, how did you get a gift card for goofing off? So, uh, at work, we have... It, it's I don't remember what the like proper name of it is, but it's basically like a social network for our work. And Oh, like at the office? Yeah, kind of. Um, or like if you work at Facebook. Yeah, well... <laughs> um so basically there's like a it's called the thank you program where you like thank people (laughs) to like say like i got you coffee at work the the day after whatever you can send a thank you to me saying hey thanks for that coffee or whatever people are taking their time to send thanks to each other like what if you just want your friend to get the 25 dollars because they're going to split it with you so that basically is what happened that we were just like all goofing (laughs) off and we were just like doing that because like hey there's a chance that we can win 25 dollars so my buddy got um he got us like lunch or whatever and he he thanked me for indulging in getting lunch with him so or how whatever. much money did you spend on buying big lunches for each other in order to get 25 dollars? <laughs> it was just one day um okay. but yeah i randomly i was in north carolina and i got the email that i got the gift card i was like oh my god that's hilarious and uh yeah it was just for goofing off cool. and um i don't remember what i spent it on but i think it was food which is thematic <laughs> as well and that was fun Dan, it's funny that you have a clock that doesn't work because I, too, have a clock on my wall that doesn't work because (laughs) my house is 150 years old and some of the walls are really bad and they don't hold things up. So this clock I had fell twice. (laughs) And when when the batteries died, I was like, I could either take this off the wall, put batteries in and hope it doesn't fall again or just leave it there. So I left it there. That's dumb. Um, my, the reason why mine doesn't work <laughs> okay, is because it literally doesn't work. Like I've changed the batteries like four times and it just stops working. There's something wrong with the mechanism. But It is a cool clock. Yeah, it's very cool. It's it's very like a cool. piece of wood cut in the shape of Connecticut. I have a cutting board like that, but it doesn't have a clock face on yeah. it. Yeah. I don't have anything Connecticut It's hanging based. on my wall. That's because you hate Connecticut. Get out, it. you lucky person. Love it or leave it, Jim. Yeah. So, Jeff, are you going to get impaled at some point? Like, is this like a final destination? No, it's always it's always been a thing because, like, if if you live, I mean, I guess they're everywhere. But, like, especially if you live in a city and you're walking on sidewalks, like New York City, for yeah. example, a lot of people have been to New York City. I live in. Is New- that a city? It is. It's one of them. Um, I live in New Haven and the downtown is similar. There's a lot of old buildings, Yale buildings, 200 years and old. And it's also bigger than New York City. Much bigger. <laughs> It's not. I don't know where I was going with that. But there's a there's like metal fencing, right? And some of them are taller than me. Yeah. And they have like little points. So like if you try to cry them over, you can't. They deter things. But some of them are like ground level for like basement windows. And I'm like, 
oh my god if it's icy or if i slip on a banana peel like and i fall <laughs> like a banana they're peel. sharp like they are pointy it's if, gonna be like the hot fuzz thing where the thing goes through his jaw yeah exactly that's what i think <laughs> about and like i walk away from them because i don't want or if somebody like walks by quick and i get startled i might trip and i might like hurt my ankle or i might hit my head and like it's they're frightening and i i see them all the time and i think about it all the time like i don't want this to happen you're a Sorry, Jim. (laughs) (laughs) All right, all you sweet little ladies out there in podcast town. Welcome back to my voice. How's the sound? (laughs) Scary. (laughs) This is the part of the show where we're not talking each other into things. We're telling everybody what we've been doing ourselves or talking ourselves into. It's the toy section. Yeah. Talk ourselves into toys we're the toy boys and uh this week is i don't know there's no reason for it but um re-watching mcu from the start the marvel cinematic universe yeah yeah because um i thought you did have a reason for this i'm i mean i'll tell you why we're doing it but there's not there's nothing triggered it nothing was like i have to do this by a certain time because yeah. right end game's coming out or whatever but, um, you know, that, uh, Iron Man came out in 2008. I've seen that movie a lot. You know, Incredible Hulk I've seen several times. But some of the movies that I didn't like, like Iron Man 2 and 3 or Thor 2, I haven't seen in years. And I was like, I know Endgame. I like I like all the movies that have been coming out. Every time I see them, I'm like, oh, there's that person. But it would be good to revisit this stuff. I'm like, oh, yeah, this is how it was built. Yeah. So that was why I wanted to do it. And also, my wife hasn't seen a lot of the earlier ones. So, like, she likes Avengers. She was, like, in daycare. She was, yeah, she was 11 months old when Iron Man came out. Um, But, like, she didn't know, like, all these seeds or, like, how small it started and how big it got. So, we're starting from the beginning. Ant-Man started very small. He started normal small. Yes. Uh And then got very small and then got very big and back to normal small. Yeah, but it's been fun watching and fun seeing her link the things having seen some of the other ones. Like, oh, that's where that character came. Oh, this happened. So, it's been good. And a lot i was actually surprised by how much i liked mo pretty much all of them and how much iron man 3 is still a piece of garbage <laughs> we're and in the minority we really a lot are of people like that yeah. but like that's the first time i've seen it since it came out and i was Same. like all right i'm different i'm wa- looking things at a different way now it's been 10 years or what 10 years or eight years or whatever and uh it's not good nope like the ptsd stuff is cool but it's a it's a yeah bad that's movie. the only it's like it. it's like a x-men level movie it's so yeah. bad are there any that you remembered liking and upon rewatch actually like less? No. Hmm. That's how do you, good. How do you stand on Thor The Dark World? I like it better than I remember, and I never hated it as much as everybody else. Because that's really? generally everybody's least favorite. And I thought it was, it was fine. It was okay. Do you, this is like not just specific to the Marvel Cinematic Universe, and this goes for Jimmy as well, but do you hate it when you're in agreement with, like the entire world about whether a movie's good or bad, and then you have one friend or one person who's like, "No, it's actually great." Is that a bad example? Wait, when you think a movie's good and somebody thinks it's either great? way or the opposite. So, like when people are saying uh, "Temple of Doom" is pretty good, yeah, and you're like, "No, it's the worst one." Yeah, because we have a friend who always has to say the opposite of what the world believes. <laughs> so I just had a big argument with him not that long ago where he stated that Thor The Dark World is the best Thor movie and might be the best of all the Marvel Cinematic Universe movies. What's the reasoning for that? Because it's, 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 I, I enjoy it a lot. I don't. 
I actually, I actually might like it more now that I rewatched it. Yeah, I don't know. I just it was cool. There was like the the action was a lot better than the first one. There was Christopher Eccleston was underused and like that storyline was dumb. Yeah, but like the stuff with the Infinity Stone and then well, a lot of movies locking up Loki. A lot of Marvel v- movies have a problem of like weak villains that you don't really care about and like why are they doing what they're doing? And I think that suffers from that a lot. Um, I'm sort of in the minority where I like Thor Ragnarok and everybody says it's the best Thor movie and I disagree. I think the first one is the best one. Um, nah, rewatch it. I yeah. still en- I enjoy it, but Thor Ragnarok is... I don't like... Thor Ragnarok isn't as good as people say, but it's really good. It is very good. Um, I don't like how they're like, yeah, Thor's a dumb character, so we're going to make it a comedy now. Well... I think that Guardians of the Galaxy was very successful. Yeah. And I, the the reasons I, th- the things I didn't like about Thor 3 are only because I don't like how they treated the source material, but yeah. that's unfair to the movie. Yeah. So well, also, I, I, know, like, I know why people like it. I just don't agree because mm-hmm. Planet Hulk to me is a phenomenal story and they made it a joke. Agreed. Well, Chris Hemsworth was a big push for the character to go more comedic. Yeah, I get it cool anyways great Dan, what are you talking yourself into this week um i'm talking myself into going through old home movies yeah you yeah. are yeah. You've said so that jeff and jimmy know a little bit about this um i don't know i really didn't have any interest in this but i strangely like and i'm not like a hippie type person i don't believe in most crap but <laughs> i had a weird dream about my grandmother that was just literally her saying like don't forget us which kind of hit me hard. So I woke up in the middle of the night and wrote down home movies, like on a piece of paper next to my bed. Mm -hmm. And then like, I've sort of been thinking about like going through them and like thinking about my niece and how she's not going to remember my grandmother's either of them. And, uh, yeah, this is like a real fun subject to get into, but, uh, (laughs) I'm going through, I found a whole bunch of old VHS tapes. Jeff, let me borrow his VCR uh, I'm going to watch them and sort of just like take notes on which parts are worth converting and which I need are just to convert like, all of mine and my wife's to digital, but it's yeah. so expensive and I don't know how to do it on my own. Well, I don't for that reason. I don't want to just hand over a huge bag of tapes to someone and spend a lot right. like a crap load of money. So I'm going to sort of like weed through and but you're not going to take one tape and like do parts of it. You're going to do the whole tape or not. Exactly. But I also want to know for myself, I would like to find someone who can just digitize them and not give me a DVD necessarily, but maybe like let me edit or give me like a data DVD and yeah. then I'll cut it down. Because here's the other thing is like my, my parents had like back in the day, like digitized some like very old, like eight millimeter footage from my like my parents. Ol- my growing older up. brother just had that done. And and the problem is you really like can't mess with that. Like you, yeah. no one's a film editor. It, um, it's expensive. Yeah. So, but how often are you going to sit there and watch like four hours of a kid running around on a beach? Once every 10 years. <laughs> I remember when they, they first got those digitized and they were like, yeah, let's sit around and watch this. And I was like dreading it because it was like four hours long. And back in the, those days, like Super 8 had like no audio. Yeah. No, it was literally right. just footage. They're like, oh, that's so-and-so. I'm like, cool. They were dead 20 years before I was alive. That's what my older brother said, too. He's like, I don't remember this person. And I was like, nobody will. Yeah. (laughs) It's so weird. So what what I would like to do is take this huge bag of tapes that I have and digitize it and edit it down to like one enjoyable hour of reminiscing. Yeah, I get that. So, yeah, that's what I'm doing. 
Jimmy, can you take it down a little bit more? Like, just get. I'm talking myself into uh, lighting candles in remembrance of lost loved ones. (laughs) No, this is a lighthearted one. I think you guys will discuss. Uh, This week, I was trying to talk myself into The Mandalorian. Ooh. Uh, Oh, you said trying. Yeah, so it was kind of a struggle. Um, First two episodes, I thought were pretty strong. I thought they were pretty good. I liked them. Um, the middle, not so great. The third episode is good, and then the rest is pretty average. I don't remember. But then it ends pretty strong. Yes, I agree. The last two, I kind of liked the first two and the last two episodes. I was like, wow, I wish it was that. Um, there's a fun episode with Gina Carano sprinkled sprinkled in there, but it's not. I don't remember that. And she comes back, and it's better. There are for a season that's eight episodes long. There's a lot of filler. Yeah. A lot of it. Well, I don't want to take away Jimmy's segment. So so what you basically enjoyed the first two and the last two? Yeah, that was basically it. Um So you like the lore of it and not yes. so much the adventuring. Yeah, it was kind of it kind of came down to that. I think I described it to somebody as um uh a more boring firefly. Hmm. It, it kind of I seemed to see me. That. Um especially like the episode where um they were going onto the prison ship, which I thought was like a decent episode. Yeah, it's Bill Burr. Yeah, I thought Bill Burr was pretty cool. Yeah, he's in Star Wars now. That's cool. And um, I don't know. It just felt like the crew was like all trying to like, I don't know. I mean, it's definitely similarly influenced to Firefly. Like they share a lot of the same influences. Yeah. Um, I liked, I think those sort of like adventure of the week things can go either way. They're hit or miss. I, I tended to be more favorable on yeah. them than you were. Uh, but it definitely feels like a Gunsmoke or Bonanza show that just happens to be in outer space. Which yeah. I'm cool with. Me too. Yeah, it's fine. Are you going to watch season two? Yeah, I probably will. Uh, if it's more lore heavy and there's a more through line story, I think I'd be down with it. Can I make a suggestion? No. Yes. <laughs> All right, <laughs> I'll shut up. Uh, don't don't wait and binge it. It's a lot more enjoyable because I, I sort of binge the first half and then watch the second half each week. And here's the reason why. Because you're not super invested in it and feel like you're like wasting like hours if you don't really love it. You yeah. sit down for half an for hour. Short episodes. Right. And yeah. and at the end of that half an hour, you're like, that was fine. Yeah. I mean, I watched it as it came out, so Baby Yoda was a surprise to me. Yeah. I but, wish I had done that. Well, you goofed. Yeah. <laughs> well, I thought it was gonna be like binge worthy and that I'd get so much extra meaning by watching it in chunks. Nope. No, and I next season I'll definitely watch each episode. I as probably it would too. Yeah, because like I said, you're not sitting through like the middle of that season is like four episodes that are probably fine, but they don't like blow you away, and that's a lot more annoying than sitting through thirty minutes and then next week sitting through thirty minutes. Yeah. Also, I'm gonna say a spoiler. I'm gonna put this at the end of the episode. So, uh, if you don't want to be spoiled, don't listen to the very end of this episode. All right, that was the spoilers at the end of the episode. <laughs> guys <laughs> coming up next the lighthearted tale of a married couple i think i don't know what's this about we're we'll, gonna get we'll find out okay fellas this week jimmy and i are talking jeff into something that is very much in the cultural zeitgeist right now shut up <laughs> stop it won't be by the time this comes it's out. already sure not. it will it's gonna be up for oscar nominations are you kidding me guys i don't know is it it's a netflix movie i don't know yeah maybe oh, oh it will be 
Maybe not best picture, but it'll be up there. I mean, we should probably say the name at this point. Marriage Story, guys. We're talking Jeff into Marriage Story. We already said in the beginning. It's fine. Yeah. I already talked myself into marriage. Can I be excused from this episode? Oh, you should be required to watch this film before getting married. (laughs) Yeah. This is really should be called Divorce Story. Oh. Yeah. Well, I think that's kind of the point. Is that like Toy Story 6? Oh, yeah. (laughs) So, Marriage Story is a 2019 film, as Jeff referenced. It is available on Netflix. It's directed by Noah Baumbach. Mm -hmm. Jimmy, who's it starring? Adam Driver, Scarlett Johansson. It's pretty much a two-hander. They're married. It's their story. Uh, Laura Dern is also in it, and Ray Liotta is in it, in in really fun, small roles. Mm -hmm. Um, But, yeah, this is a... uh, very depressing and realistic look at what happens in, during the dissolution of a marriage. So instead of watching this movie, should I just close my eyes and remember 1994? <laughs> this might hit you really hard in the fields. <laughs> I mean, my parents aren't divorced, but Jimmy, did you have any uh, personal connection to this? Uh, a little bit. As a child of divorce? Yeah, I, I kind of got hit with some of it. Um, it. I mean, my parents split up when I was, oh, I guess... Yeah, young, probably the same age that kid was in that movie. Jimmy's crying. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I mean, you had one thing going for you that this kid has against him, though, which is uh, his parents are sort of bi-coastal, which makes things a lot more difficult. Yeah, that's true. Oh, they're into both coasts? Yeah. Okay. Oh, yeah. And, uh, yeah, I mean, there's not a lot to say plot-wise in this movie. No, this is a full acting, acting thing, like... Literally, you, you're watching this for the performances. And if Adam Driver wins Best Actor, he will literally get up there and say, this is a full acting thing. <laughs> Shut it up, you. <laughs> no, it's incredible performances across the board. Uh, both of them were nominated for Best Actor and Best Actress at the Golden Globes. You're going to see nominations. No. So what? Do you think they're going to not win the oh, Golden Jeff. Globes, but they're going to win the Oscar? I only watch I don't know winners. Yeah, I don't, I don't know what any. No, movies. even if it doesn't win anything, it's still a great movie. It is a very good movie. Who beat them at the Globes, as I call them? Um, best actor was. Uh, I don't know. I don't remember. Off <laughs> what about best head. actress? Uh, I should know this. Yeah, because you're a middle-aged stay I watched grandma. It. I watched the whole thing. How do you watch it? You don't, don't have to look anymore. No I watched it over my parents' house. Oh, oh I'm not going to miss award season, Jimmy. Oh, I hate yeah, awards. Watch it at my parents' house. My parents who aren't divorced. Because yeah. they have a house together. <laughs> my parents have a house together. They live together, and they like each other. He's looking it up. I'm looking it up. This Golden Globes at the end of the episodes. Okay, you ready? Best Actress... In a drama, which is the category Scarlett Johansson okay. was nominated for, went to Renee Zellweger. For what? My, me, myself, and Irene? Judy, which was an, an awesome movie. She played um, Judy Garland, and it was an incredible performance. This one will make some people mad. Okay. Trigger warning. Best actor was Joaquin Phoenix for Joker. Oh, okay. yeah. But these are the Golden Globes. These don't really count for anything. Yeah, these are the trash Oscars. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Hollywood Foreign Press is like, if famous people talk to me, I'll give them awards. I don't know. If you're into award season, that joke was hilarious. <laughs> I'm not. Shout all, out to all the aunts out there listening. I mean, shout out to a <laughs> podcast called Little Gold Men that I listen to on the reg, which is very good. It's produced by Vanity Fair. That sounds like I want to die. 
just everything. No, there's some good people. I hate award shows and all that garbage. Same. High five. Well, you should listen to that podcast because it spends all year talking about who could possibly (laughs) win those awards. Man, that sounds. I'm interested in who wins and who loses, but I hate the actual award shows. You just gotta start it late and fast forward. No, that's why. Anyway, I I just look it up on Google. You wake up the morning after. A lot about award shows. Well, this is good. We're in the cultural zeitgeist, Dan. (laughs) It's award season, Daniel. Yeah, and. uh Jeff, what do you know about Marriage Story? I know it doesn't end well. <laughs> <laughs> or does it? I don't, I know everything you know because it's in the cultural zeitgeist. Yeah. I hear all the stuff. Well, I know more than you because well, I be, saw it. Yeah, but I also <laughs> listen to NPR and yeah. they love it. Yeah, I mean, Noah Baumbach is a big indie filmmaker. He don't know him. In a long-term relationship with Greta Gerwig. I know her. Oh, I love her. Yeah. Why'd they break up? I didn't know that. Let's get into the dirt. Did they get a divorce? I don't know. They might they still married? be together. Let's look it up. You said were. <laughs> I thought they were, but now you're making me question myself. Talk I don't have a lot into. of faith. Googling. Noah Baumbach. On Wikipedia, what's they got, what do they have to say about <laughs> Noah Baumbach right now? <laughs> I'm going to have to cut so much from this. I hope you oh, don't. Former spouse was Jennifer Jason Lee, who's a famous actress she that we is. enjoy. Current partner, Greta Gerwig. Oh, do you think that Greta stepped into their former relationship and stole him from her? I don't know, but the that would rumor be a, is... That would be a petty thing to do. Such a little woman. I don't think so because, um, ooh, a lot of controversy, actually, Jeff. You bring up a good point. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I like if this. If Wikipedia is to believe, to be believed, then uh, Noah Baumbach did not divorce Jennifer Jason Lee until 2013, but has been in a relationship with Greta Gerwig since... 2011 Whoa. do you think they were separated though because you could be legally Probably. married but separated i honestly don't care um, i do i care more about this and whatever story you're trying to tell me about this the, is interesting the only reason i bring this up is because um the rumor is that a lot of this story is autobiographical so it was about jennifer jason it's Lee. about a about about a playwright who's married to an actress Oh boy! Yeah. <laughs> so wow. yeah, that makes sense. Watch it. So he's in New York and she's in L.A. Oh. Uh, uh. 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 But yeah, it's it's very uh powerful, emotional, moving film. I mean, this is something that I was gonna watch anyway, so it's just easier to do an episode on this because I'm gonna watch it anyway. Yeah. I mean, but whatever. Some people would say it's really in the cultural zeitgeist right now. This episode's gonna be rough. <laughs> to listen to well we're like having so much fun right now fast forward to two weeks and you're like yeah when he said that uh this and that oh man it really made me cry (laughs) so watch it i recently had dinner with my brother and my parents at the same table and it was like the most weird thing i've ever experienced Were you so, like, we're a family now? So I hope that this movie is, really, really hits me. There's some real awkward moments in this. <laughs> oh, yeah. yeah. Um, I'm looking forward to rewatching it because I'm looking for the things that I missed the first Jeff, time. Jeff, I think you're going to like this movie because you like really good acting. You I like, like Star Wars. I like Black Widow. Yeah. <laughs> it's it's You like these prestige dramas. For I someone, hate describing a movie as prestige. It's called yeah, a movie. It's a very well-acted, well-written uh, movie. Well directed. Kinda. It was it was so well written and executed that they couldn't even find a real studio to put it in theaters. Yeah, not a real one. I was gonna say it's disappointing in our culture that a movie like this could never succeed in the theater structure. Mm-hmm. Nope. 
and we have to watch it on Netflix, but I'm glad at least it's being somewhat well, made. A lot of, a lot at least of movies, I'm watching it for free, so that's exciting. A lot of smaller releases, too, that don't succeed in the theater structure, the actors do it. Like, I heard an interesting <laughs> interview with Brian Cranston about some small movie he did, and um, he said that he just, they, they straight up asked him, they're like, what do you get paid for this? He was like, I think I did it for free. He didn't even remember. Yeah. He's like, I just wanted to be in the movie. Yeah. And a lot of these studios, they just, they'll, they'll make these small movies for like nothing, just either as write-offs or just to make them. And actors just do it because they have free time and they want to act. The one thing I'll say is if you're going to watch a high caliber studio, I mean, not studio, but like a high caliber film starring famous people on a small screen, I'd rather it be a movie like this. This is a small movie. It's tight. Yeah. It's focused on a few characters. There, nothing's exploding. There's no like you don't <laughs> aerial dog fights. No, this is just two people berating each other, and it's going to be a lot of fun for you to. Oh, watch. so it's like the news. <laughs> <laughs> you should. We laugh because it hurts, Jimmy. <laughs> should we try to convince Jeff to watch it with Lindsay? Oh, I don't think we should do that. She'll probably give up and walk out. Yeah, I wouldn't recommend. It. <laughs> well, that, she also doesn't really like dramas. Well, that's what I mean. Oh, okay. I thought you meant she doesn't like marriage. Watch this with Basil, your hedgehog. Okay. Because if things get tough and you start crying, you could poke yourself on her quills and then feel like a man still. (laughs) I hurt myself just to feel. So, Jeff, watch it. It's one movie. When we come back, we're going to be spoiling it. So, you guys at home, you should watch it too or else it's going to get spoiled. Spoiler, they get divorced. (laughs) It's a real romp. Great. Marriage Story, a Netflix film by Netflix. By Noah Baumbach. I don't know who that is. Did we talk about him in the first half? We did. Yeah, I don't bit. remember. It was three weeks ago, and Jimmy didn't send us the first halves. He's a, an auteur, film and theater director, writer. Sure seems like it wow. after making this. Yeah, he also famously made Francis Ha, which was a very well-regarded film starring Greta Gerwig. Oh, I thought that it was a laugh from the country of france it was ah, france's ha ah, ah. <laughs> all right so um i did something new this week uh-oh um usually i take a lot of notes uh-oh yeah. this time i was like i'm gonna wait three weeks and not watch this watch it the night before we record and take almost no notes so i can fully focus on the movie okay so i don't know how this is gonna go <laughs> <clears throat> um yeah, so the movie starts out with a voiceover from uh, Ben Solo talking about why his wife is lovely, and then it switches over to Black Widow talking about why her husband is lovely, and I was like, this is a therapy test, yeah, and it yeah. was. Yeah, yeah. They were in therapy trying to tell each other uh, why they like each other, all the good things, and I was like, this is cute, because this, like, this is like being in a relationship. Yeah. You know, there's a lot of good things. And then they're pointing out the little quirks. I really connected with the cabinets because my wife loves to leave them open <laughs> and she loves to leave the closet doors open. And you're I say, also much taller than your and wife. I say, we're not heating your jackets, Lindsay. And uh, <laughs> we're getting a divorce, guys. <laughs> um, I thought this was a really, f- I don't want to say fun because there's not a lot of fun things in this movie, but I thought this was a really nice, like touching way to open this movie. Yeah, it was. It was. And it, at the end, it loops back to. It's a good way to establish your characters, too. And so often in these types of movies about the breakup of a relationship, you're you're spending a lot of your time focusing on, like, who's right and who's wrong, who's the good guy, mm-hmm. who's the bad guy. 
So much who lives, who dies, who tells your story. Yeah. So much like the purpose of this therapy exercise, it's nice that they open the film this way because you get to sort of like not commiserate, but you get to feel a positive emotion towards each of these characters before you start to see yeah. the negative things. Yeah. So Jeff. Yeah. Who's right and who's wrong and who's good and who's bad in this relationship? I think that Henry is wrong and it's all his fault. I agree. <laughs> Most parents. He's a little dick. Most parents tell their children, we still love you. This isn't your fault. But this is Henry's fault, guys. Any kid that has to sleep with his parents still and get rewarded to go poop is a problem child. I, you know, the last time I got rewarded to go poop, probably, probably like three years ago. Yeah. It's been say so last long. Oh, <laughs> uh, anyways, back to the, the plot a little bit. So, uh, as Jeff mentioned, it's a therapy exercise. Uh, Scarlett Johansson's character, which I'm so Nicole bad with names, is her name. Nicole. Nicole is not into it, and she decides she's not going to read hers out loud. Right, right. Uh, Charlie, which is the husband, he's he's upset about it, and and Nicole storms out basically. But we do see that, aside from this, you know, negative confrontation, they are sort of traversing this breakup in a pretty cordial way. They're doing yeah. a pretty good job. They're still working together. Yep. Um, Charlie is is a, a playwright and a director, and Nicole is sort of like his muse. He, she stars in his work. Yeah, and- so so the big thing is, is that Nicole is originally from L.A., mm-hmm. and uh, Charlie, Charlie <laughs> <laughs> is a New Yorker. He's a transplant from Indiana, but New York is his home, and uh, they she is a, like a failing movie star. From L.A. and she just. Well, I want to correct that. She had the opportunity by Charlie's own account to stay in L.A. and become a big movie star. But she left to be with Charlie and do his plays. Yeah. So they were. So they're a New York family. That's that's what you need to know, really. And then by uh, Charlie's projection. Yeah, because she wanted to go back to L.A. They had several opportunities and he kind of talked her into not doing that. Yeah. I mean, let's get. There's not a, a ton of plot in this movie. It's no, about it's, no. yeah. the dis, dismantling and divorce of a family. So so let's get into the meat of the relationship. I mean, the big argument here from Charlie's perspective is this is our life. We're a New York family, and she decided to leave to go do this L.A. thing. Yeah. And Nicole's point of view is I always had aspirations of doing this L.A. thing, and by her own admission, maybe she didn't voice those as loudly as she could have, but also, Charlie never really listened to her side of things. So she feels that she was never given um, an equal say in their life's choices. So as Jeff referenced, Nicole is returning to L.A. to star in a pilot. She doesn't feel that Charlie has supported her in this. And so it's leading to their breakup, basically. Yes. So <laughs> I wanted to talk a little bit about like the art house direction of this movie mm-hmm. uh, because... Yeah, it's not really a plot movie and like, yeah, the star of the movie is like the acting because the acting is phenomenal in this movie, in my opinion, and I'm sure Dan's as well. Yep. And but, the Academy's opinion, am I right? Apparently. Right. <laughs> um, so I wanted to talk about how uh, it, it first hits you off with like, I, like Jeff was talking about, it. it's um, like these monologues talking about uh, what the other person loves about the other person. And um, they're showing little montages of like their everyday lives, and it it's shot very beautifully. Um, but uh, the color saturation is like this warm, uh, sort of like grainy, and it, it feels like home movies 
and i was like oh this is like just going to be for this one section and then it's going to like turn into like a normal movie it doesn't and i thought that was really cool very cool very cool um because um the story's still happening um which i thought was like kind of an interesting way to take it because it, it the sort of like uh i guess the lesson between this uh, of this movie is that like after a relationship ends, it still goes on and like your life still goes on. And uh, I thought that was kind of a cool way to like show it. Yeah. The film definitely has a voyeuristic quality. It feels like you're watching something that you necessarily shouldn't be. Yeah. And so often in these types of movies, very personal. Yeah. We see personal. (laughs) They actually skipped the portion that most films choose to show, which is the initial downgrade we never see this initial argument between nicole and charlie where she decides that she's going to do this pilot we see the fallout of it Mm -hmm. they do that throughout the movie too there's time jumps and you don't really know but then you just piece it together yep yeah um which i thought was good and they don't show a lot of like the going back and forth from new york to la he's just there and then they talk about it like oh that time when you came to la on a sunday and left on a thursday why was that and he's like oh i had a setup for this play yeah so um basically sorry i was doing tech (laughs) for electra yeah so basically they go into this divorce saying that they're going to remain friendly and cordial and charlie keeps insisting much like what we've heard from their relationship charlie just is assuming that she'll come back to new york when the pilot is done yeah and there's a few times in this film where he says things like Oh, we don't need to go that way, and we'll just split things. It, you know, and and if you, I rewatched the movie this morning, and um, really took note of the fact that he is speaking for her a lot of the times, and yeah. she does not respond. Yeah. So I'm not saying he's at fault with that because she could have stood her ground and said, "No, I'm not doing it that way." But um, part of the reason why there's this valley between what Charlie thinks this divorce is going to be like and what Nicole thinks is because there's a lot of unspoken um unspoken hostility like Jeff did you pick up on on how often like Charlie goes into it saying it's going to be cordial and uh friendly and very easy and he's usually the one that escalates it yeah yeah and but also Nicole it didn't take much to convince her to visit Laura Dern who plays the sort of congenial yet ruthless diver- divorce yeah attorney. i mean i think the most important thing is that we started recording at 10 and this movie's two and a half hours and you watch it this morning what time did you wake up bro <laughs> i just skimmed through it but i also oh, did okay. wake up early um no i mean i but the whole time even nicole is like all of the like the ruthless shit that uh holdo is doing is <laughs> laura dern yeah is not this again she doesn't re- <laughs> i forgot what movie that was uh big little eyes she doesn't really agree with a lot of the things even like throughout the end that laura dern is doing and even when uh laura dern and then the ruthless lawyer uh played by ray liotta mm-hmm. on ben solo side there's too many names guys you, you know what i'm talking about um they don't agree with the lawyer's tactics a lot and they're kind of just they just all they want is to all she wants is to get divorced and stay in LA. And all he wants is his child. They don't want to bring each other down and destroy each other. He gets a very significant grant and she doesn't want to take it, but his lawyer does. Yeah. And, or her lawyer does. Mm-hmm. And it's, 
Well, Nicole is a sort of a passive person in her own life. So we've been alluded to the fact that she's been led around by Charlie and now she wants her own life. But very quickly, she falls into being led around by her divorce attorney. And again, part of that I do believe is is because it lines up with her will. Um, She's never really had the opportunity, as she says earlier to her mother, I went from living under Charlie's rules. I'm not going to go right into living under yours. Like she's she's never really had the opportunity to explore what she wants from her life. So there becomes this big separation between them. And as Jeff referenced, they each lawyer up and things get more and more contentious. Yeah. Um, and it just sort of like boils out of control in order to make a play for um, guardianship and which coast Henry's going to live on. They have to paint each other in negative lights and they have to make play for monies like Jeff was referring to the MacArthur grant and stuff. Um, to me, it all boils down to the biggest confrontation in this film is the argument between in his apartment. Yeah. in Charlie's new apartment between Charlie and Nicole. Jeff, what did you think about this scene? Uh, I thought it was good. It escalated. I, I it was the pacing in this scene was really good. Cause it just mm-hmm. started out as, all right, let's sit down and talk about things. Felt very natural. And then, um, it wasn't going either of their way. So it escalated to bickering, uh, to name calling, to shouting, to punching holes in walls, to wishing each other dead. Yeah. And I, this was definitely the best scene in the movie. I mean, this is probably the scene that they're going to show up the that they're giving <laughs> that they got nominated for Oscars for. Cause yeah. I mean, like it, the whole movie, the acting was good, but this scene was really, um, and, and going back to what Jimmy's, I, I didn't even finish that sentence. It was really going back to what Jimmy said, um, about the direction. <clears throat> yeah. This is a total opposite of the rise of Skywalker music video, fast paced cutting. <laughs> there are just long camera shots, close ups of paced. faces. And, um, this is basically monologue the movie, which I'm totally cool with. Yeah. I'm cool with it in this scene. There's yeah. a lot of other scenes when, I'm not cool with it. And it was I get that. super boring. Yeah. Um, like when I don't, I th- it might've been the first time that Nicole went to Renata, mm-hmm. the lawyer. And it was like 10 minutes of like one camera shot yeah. of just Scarlett Johansson talking. And it wasn't terribly interesting at all. Oh, really? See, I found that moving. I mean, it was fine. You're I talking about it. the scene in Nora, the attorney's office, where she's going back and forth from the bathroom and eating the cookie and all that stuff. And yeah. She's recounting her relationship with Charlie, yeah, how I mean, they met. I, I get it, and I'm totally down for that type of storytelling, but it was super long. This movie is two hours and 15 minutes long. Yeah. This is a long movie, and a lot of it is because of long, drawn-out scenes like that, which isn't a bad thing. Like, I'm not going to crap on a movie for being long. Like people crap on the Irishman. I think that you know, the length is fine yeah. for certain movies, but you have to realize that it is long. And like in this scene, when their emotions are uh, erupting like this, that's good. I want a long scene like that. Well, I'm um, glad you brought up that prior scene with Scarlett Johansson in Laura Dern's office, because that is a single shot, which is very impressive. Yes. Yeah. Uh, so that's one take she did that. I in. did think about that during. There were uh, several scenes in this movie that were yeah. very verbose, and you can tell that there weren't any clear camera cuts. And not just verbose, but the actor has to go on a complete emotional yeah. arc within the yeah. scene, within the shot, and that and that the scene that we're talking about now, the argument, um, that's like a two hander. So there's several long 
takes of just Adam Driver. Um, Scarlett Johansson's very good in this movie, but I think Adam Driver steals a show. Yeah. And uh, that argument scene where he gets really vile and punches the wall, he really goes on a complete emotional arc throughout one take, which is pretty incredible. Was that one take or were there cuts in that scene? There's cuts throughout the scene at large, but there's one big chunk take where he goes from, you know, already aggravated, but super overflowing with anger and rage and stuff like that. That I was impressed by. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I, this movie is absolutely 100% a performance movie, uh, which it should be because yeah. he has two great actors, uh, multiple great actors in this movie. Um, and it, it definitely seemed like he wrote it for them. I'm not sure if that's completely true, but um, it definitely feels like a play, which also does seem thematic. Correct me if I'm wrong, but there is no score in this movie. There is score. Is there? Yes. Okay. I don't Yeah, it's I it's minimal, but I remember it being very music free, except for like when he's singing at the end. Like yeah, that's, well, that's it, song. it drops out at like tense moments and dialogue heavy right. moments. And so stuff. I guess it, it did its job at uh pulling me into the movie and yeah. not sticking out. Yeah, yeah. Which no, could I, be I thought distracting. The, the score in the movie I thought was pretty good, but um it, yeah, it's very minimal. So basically Jeff, you want to get into how the film sort of ends and wraps up this chapter yeah, I mean, in your life? There's so much in here, but I don't I don't know if any of it would benefit this podcast by us talking about it. Like the other scenes I thought were like fun where he was going trick or treating with yeah. the kid and it was more like, you know, for him, the kid didn't want to trick or treat anymore, but he's like, No, we're going. I want to. And the kid's like tired and gets no candy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it's like that scene was good because it shows that he's not a great dad like he's fine yeah he make sure that the kid is alive and fed but he's not like a good dad and i don't think nicole is like a terribly great mother which mm. she i mean i think you're misreading that scene a little bit i think it's more about he's fighting so hard to maintain a sense of normalcy that even though the kid doesn't necessarily want to do that trick-or-treating he feels that it's sort of owed to him. No, I mean, I was saying that as one example. Yeah. And then the other stuff of just like them going to the store and buying a bunch of games and just like, oh, yeah, I'm your dad. Here's stuff. Yeah. I think he's trying to wrap his mind around how how to be a part time dad. I think the most compelling argument to him being a good dad is, I mean, I don't want to gloss over the fact that we do see the finalization of their divorce and we can come back right. to that. But um, in the little vignette we see after the flash forward, we see that um, Charlie has come out to Los Angeles to be with his son. Uh, his play has been successful on Broadway and um, Nicole has a new boyfriend. But to me, the most moving part that um, sort of is just dropped into the dialogue is that Charlie has taken a residency at UCLA. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So after all this time, the reason why they got divorced is that he didn't want to move to L.A., and now he's moving to L.A. because they got divorced. Because he needs to be with his son, and I yeah. think that's the most compelling argument no, that he's a good that dad. A, uh... He literally fought through this entire film to keep his New York life, yeah. and at the end when he realized that it came down... Well, he down, lost it. Yeah. He lost the New York life, so he's not what he's going to fight for now. Well, he could have been embittered and said that I'm a New Yorker and just stayed there and relaunched his life. Instead, he chose his son. That was the only option he had left. Yeah, so then he he goes into the house and uh, there's a new guy banging his ex-wife and it wasn't the Ross Trent character that fingered her in a car. 
<laughs> I mean, am I wrong? Danji shook his head. So I mean, upset. you just have such a nice way of. Yeah, I'm a, I'm a wordsman. Uh, and then uh, there, there's a little talk where he tells Nicole that he's coming to L.A. And he hears uh, Henry reading, which throughout the movie was kind of uh, he was trying to get him to read, uh, teach him how to read better. Yeah. Um, he was reading the letter that Nicole wrote about all the good things about Charlie from the beginning of the movie. And then Charlie sits down and helps him out with reading it. And Nicole overhears it. And there's uh there's a cry, but they're already divorced. Mm-hmm. Yeah. There's another nice moment in here too, that sort of speaks to the future of this couple, which is the scene where um they've come back from trick or treating and Henry is sleeping and Nicole offers Charlie basically to take Henry home for the night, even though it's her night. So there's a nice sense of um, camaraderie. And but that's a, a throughout the movie. Take. That's what I was saying. They're not trying to like take anything from each other. They just want what's theirs. They I want agree. Half of their time. I'm saying. Both of them. I'm saying they're back to it. I don't think that they were negative and they become positive. I think they were always pretty positive, but they got segued by this battle or whatever you want to call it this divorce there was one scene that i actually did notice <clears throat> that stuck out right when you're talking about when he's leaving nicole's house and the gate is stuck yeah and they're both pulling the gate and the camera goes back and forth between their faces like looking at each other as the gate closes and i was like that is metaphorical af yeah <laughs> that was some good directing yeah. but there's also a nice moment in there too where she bends over to tie his shoe and there's nothing yeah, romantic that's, that's about the very it but... end. that's how it ends yeah, yeah. They're friends. So, yeah. The relationship goes on even though the relationship is over. They're able to be co-parents. Yeah. Jeff, final thoughts. I thought that it was a well-made movie. I think that the pacing pacing within scenes was good. The pacing overall, I think, was a little stretched out. Uh, Negatives... The biggest negative was to me the scene where that like state lady came to just watch the families. Oh, I love that scene. I like the scene, but I don't I didn't like her. She was awkward and it it didn't it didn't really play well in this like super realistic kind of movie. She seemed more like a character mm-hmm. than like a, mm-hmm. a person, which in this movie I don't think fit really well. And she I can was see that super awkward like i get it she's supposed to not say that much except for when she's interviewing but it was just kind of kind of a weird uh yeah she's in that tv show baskets which baskets which i enjoyed so it's kind of hard for me to separate her because she played a similar character not remember her she's like the co-main lead with zach galifianakis wow i thought that she was megan mullally's younger sister Anyway, and then Adam Driver accidentally cut himself and then bled yeah. out a little yeah. too much and took a little blood nap. He's like, it's fine. It's fine. <laughs> yeah. That was yeah. Weird. I, I mean, I think we already said it all. What my final thoughts are. It was great acting. Um, it was directed really well. Mm. Um, it had feels in it. It had some personal feels. It had some silly feels that I can't really relate to, like the New York to L.A. lifestyle. It's still it still felt it wasn't pretentious, but at times it felt like I can't relate to this. And then other times like, oh, I can relate to that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I think maybe that's a good thing because maybe you're like, oh, these people who you think are like superstars or heroes, like they're not. They're just people like, you know, that Nicole is on a successful TV show, but they never 
mention it. They don't say anything about the show, which I thought was cool because yeah. it's not about that. It's just to show you that like these are normal people, but you, they're famous. Yeah. But, you know, did you do you think they did a good job um, keeping it fair and balanced or did you think there was a right or a wrong person? No, I thought the whole time it was pretty fair and balanced because I think they're both right and both wrong for certain things. Mm -hmm. <clears throat> like the thing where he cheated the one time, that's clearly he was wrong yeah. for doing that. Yeah. And then there's other things that Nicole did that. She, actually, it's interesting that think. it. Yeah. But they also don't make that a big no, it's point not. of their breakup. Yeah. No, it's, it's just like it was kind of just like the nail in the coffin. Like, OK, this was going to happen and now it has to happen. I felt that the movie was a little bit too sympathetic towards um, Charlie um, just because I felt like uh, maybe just because he had more screen time. Um, at least it seemed like that to me. Um, but it, I don't know. It kind of seemed like he had like the bigger arc in the, in the film. I, I kind of agree with you in that in real life, I think he would have been looked at as more at fault. And in order to portray him as you know, equally responsible for the breakup. Yeah. I think they had to gloss over some of his lesser qualities. That's true. Like the cheating. But also, wasn't this kind of vaguely an autobiographical story? From the and, and that's director? sort of a criticism. Yeah. yeah. And it's kind of like when Dr. Dre was the producer of Straight Outta Compton and they don't put the parts where like he beats and rapes women. Yeah. Mm. It, you have to look at who's telling the story. Exactly. I agree with you. Yeah. Anyways, Jeff. Yes. Jimmy. Yeah. I think it's time that we ask Jeff. Okay. <laughs> you forgot that you were talking me into it with him, didn't no, you? No, I knew. I wanted oh. to involve Jimmy. I don't want to just leave him okay. sitting there yeah. quietly. Yeah. Yeah, Henry. <laughs> we're going trick-or-treating, Henry. And you're Whether gonna, you like it or not. You're going to dress up like Frankenstein, not some dumb store-bought ninja. All right. Henry. Jeff, did Dan and I talk you into Marriage, marriage Story? Yeah. Um, wow. <laughs> that was quick. It was... I I don't know. It could have gone either way. I'm never going to rewatch it. That's the thing with movies. Never, huh? Yeah, never. The thing with, <laughs> with movies on this podcast is it's kind of a weird thing. Um, because if you say, like, if you're saying no, it's because you hate the movie. You're like, ah, this movie's, right. this movie's a doo-doo. Not necessarily I hate, hate it. But I think it comes down to, did you like it or did you not like it? Yeah, exactly. And with this, I'm not. I have no desire to rewatch this movie. I've do you seen regret the story. having seen it. I don't regret it, and that's why it's a yes. I'm like, it's made well. Yeah. It was there there were times when I was pretty bored. Um, there were long stretches, but it didn't really feel like two and a half hours, but it was it was a long movie for what it was. I actually found it more enjoyable on the rewatch than uh my initial oh. watching it, so that's giving a little well, extra push. But. I've seen it. Yeah. Did you watch it with your wife? Uh, part of it. She came home late while I was watching it. Did and she ask you for a divorce? Yeah. No, we're not married anymore. Oh, good. <laughs> it was quick. Yeah. It was just yesterday. <laughs> it was pretty more amicable than their divorce, huh? Yeah. 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 Oh, that's good. Yeah. I'm, I'm happy for you. I tried to get the hedgehog, but. Yeah. Oh, darn it. Oh. Yeah. Did you at least get Gigi? Yes. Oh, good. And then I, and then I gave it to a stranger on the street. Okay. She doesn't listen to this. It doesn't matter. Okay. We're married still, guys. Good. What a story. What a story. What a marriage story, some would say. Dan! Jeff! What is going on next episode? Well, 
guys, I don't know if you've ever heard of this thing called Star Wars. Never. What is this? It's with Charlie. What? It's with Charlie. Oh, yeah. Charlie's in it. Charlie's in oh, it. Oh, is he? Yeah. Um, Who so did he get divorced in in Star Wars? Uh, Life. His family. <laughs> so, Jimmy. Yes. Previously, I had talked you and Jeff into Star Wars Rebels. Yes. You did. And a lot of that time, we referred back to an earlier animated Star Wars series called Star Wars Clone Wars, or The Clone Wars. Yes. On next week's episode, Jeff and I are going to be talking you into a segment of Star Wars The Clone Wars animated series. Should we talk him into the pilot movie? The pilot movie? Should we talk him into the first season? No. We're going to talk you into the sixth season. Yeah. Oh, okay. The Lost Missions. Okay. Because, I don't know if you've heard this, but on Disney+, Plus, they're bringing back Star Wars The Clone Wars. Yes, I have heard that. For a final season. Yeah, and I think you might enjoy it. Okay. So, Jeff and I got to thinking about what we could talk you into, because you have some exposure to it. Vague, yeah. Very little. So, what we're going to do... We're going to talk you into the last season because I feel like you understand the characters primarily and the themes. Yeah. Enough going into it that you're not going to be super lost. Yeah. You know an Anakin Skywalker. Who? You know an Obi-Wan Kenobi. Never heard of him. So we might fill you in on a couple little things that happened prior to the season. Okay. In the beginning of next week's episode. But uh, yeah. Jeff. Yeah. The Lost Missions. Yep. We found them. And we're going to watch them. <laughs> not, not all the episodes. We'll tell you in the beginning of next week how many. They'll okay. be in the show notes here, too. Cool. So check out the episodes that we mentioned in the show notes of Star Wars, The Clone Wars. On the, Disney Plus. Yeah, The Lost Missions, which is technically season six, I guess. Yeah, That's originally released on Netflix after yeah. it was already canceled. Yeah, it's kind of a weird thing. We'll, we'll get into that more. We'll talk about it next week. Check it out. In the meantime, Jimmy... Yeah. Where can people find the podcast? They can find it on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, TalkMeIntoYou.com. And if they want to find our social media presence, they can find us on Twitter at TalkMeInto, on Facebook, TalkMeInto. And um, I don't know. Where else are we? I think that's it, right? We're on uh, LinkedIn, Friendster, (laughs) MySpace. Yeah. No, that's pretty much it. Okay. Uh, personally, you can also find me at Son of a Fitch, S O N N A V A F I T C H. You remember it because it's punny. Dan, where can people find you online? I'm doing the tweets at Danny underscore breakdown. Jeff, how about you? I'm doing the grams yeah. of cocaine Ooh. off of a bathroom mirror. Cocaine, cocaine, Medine, Colombia. I've seen Narcos. You can find me on Instagram at Large Hardon Collider. Thank you for listening to Talk Me Into. What will we talk you into next? Also, I'm going to say a spoiler. I'm going to put it at the end of the episode. So uh, if you don't want to be spoiled, don't listen to the very end of this episode. But the very end... Why wouldn't you check that the the dude is dead? It's Star Wars. They never do. Because <laughs> he crashes the plane and he just assumes he's dead and flies off the planet. Well, maybe he didn't really care if he was dead. He got past him. He escaped. I don't know. Uh, I just if we're going to talk about that, and he has dark did you understand what the uh, Darksaber was? No. 
Oh, it's going to add That's a lot more meaning. Cool. Yeah. I was like, oh, this is cool. The, the Darksaber is featured heavily in Clone Wars and Star Wars Rebels. Mm. And so when it shows up for the first time in live action, I went, oh, and my dad and my niece went, what's happening? <laughs> no, I thought it was just a weird type of lightsaber. That was my reaction with the yellow saber. Yeah. Yeah, I yeah. thought that was cool. I thought that was cooler, but. It was like in the same week, we got a live action yellow saber and a live action dark saber. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And Jeff's PP still has not recovered. <laughs> It's raw from all the fapping. <laughs> this is end of episode, right? Yes, it is. All right. Uh, back <laughs> cool. to- Google Docs autocorrected Incredible Dr. Pole to Incredible Dr. Lowell. <laughs> it's pretty good. I hate you for several reasons. Blue Canary in the outlet by the light switch. Who watches over you? Make a little birdhouse in your soul. So now that I successfully talked you guys into... The album Flood by They Might Be Giants. Will you be attending the live performance of the entire album that They Might Be Giants is doing right here in New Haven at College Street Music Hall? Yes. No. When is that happening? Uh, the end of February, I believe. Oh, yeah. I'd be They're down. performing the entire album front to back plus additional songs to mark the anniversary of the album. Yeah, I'm, definitely. I'm not that interested. Jeff, in it's it. 20 feet from your house. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but what is it, like 40, 50 bucks? No, I think it's like 26. I just want to hear them play Minimum Wage. Well, they will. <laughs> They're doing the entire album. I hope they play that 30 times. I want to know how they can even perform that album. There's like a thousand instruments on yeah, it. Yeah, that's what I'm very interested in. It's probably just pre-recorded. It's acapella. Yeah, cool. Karaoke, I Cool. Yeah, Jim, find a good spot to punch that in. I won't. In the full conversation. It'll be at the end. Yeah, it'll be at the end. No. It'll be good. <laughs> Put it right so after bad. you guys no. say yes. No. It'll break the flow of the conversation. No, it won't. It will. Jimmy's a skilled editor. I have full faith in him. And if he can't do it, then it's on him because he's a loser. If I could edit episode 50, I could probably do anything. <laughs> oh, probably save Women that track so you remember. I'm ready. Me too. All right, I'm Dan, you start. It's your show. It's your topic. You start. Is that ready? Yeah. My name is Dan, and I respect wood. You already did that one, Last Dan. week. I one did? week ago. Shit. One fucking week ago. <laughs> and you shit all over my idea of keeping your things so you don't reuse them. And you fucking reuse two. One week, two weeks later. One recording session. Okay. Okay, fellas. You wanted it. You got it. This week, <laughs> Jeff and Jimmy. I mean, Jeff and Dan. That's me. Are what? talking Jeff. I mean, Jimmy and Dan are talking <laughs> Jeff. Okay, fellas. Who's this- talking? Who? I thought you were talking me and Jimmy into it. No, I, no. I like this. Oh, shit. It's a let me, two Let on me start one? this again. 